Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
unto my soul, I am thy salvation. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. The Lord delivereth them out of all their troubles. For this God is our God forever and ever. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will show to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. The Lord delivereth them out of all their troubles. For this God is our God forever and ever. The Old Testament lesson for this 19th Sunday after Trinity is written in the 28th chapter of Genesis, beginning at the 10th verse. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. He dreamed and saw a stairway set up upon the earth, and its top reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac. I will give the land you lie on to you and to your offspring. Your offspring will be as the dust of the earth, and you will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In you and in your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you again into this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken of to you. Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than God's house, and this is the gate of heaven. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the twenty-second verse. Brothers, put away, as concerning your former way of life, the old man that grows corrupt after the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, who in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Therefore, putting away falsehood, speak truth each one to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, and don't give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, producing with his hands something that is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. 
O Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant, give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus entered into a boat, and crossed over, and came into his own city. Behold, they brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? or to say, Get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, and take up your mat, and go to your house. He arose, and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled, and glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. 
Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Why are you here? What did you come here for this morning? Many of you have your Sunday routines. You set your alarms, you get up on time, you put on your Sunday best, you get the kids ready, you know when to leave to get here before the bells. So your being here is very much intentional. So what did you come here for? Is it just out of habit? Or a sense of obligation? Is it a social thing to be around kind people? Is it because your mere presence here, sitting in the pews, standing up at the right times, saying the words when you're supposed to, going to communion when everyone else does, makes you feel good? Or make you think that you look good before God and man? Are you here out of a hope that God will see you and answer a prayer, maybe perform a miracle? What's the reason? Why are you here? What did you come here for this morning? That's the question of our gospel today. And it starts with these words, Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over and came to his own city, Nazareth. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic, lying on a bed. And so this text has us in Nazareth with Jesus and his disciples just getting there. And we'll find out later in the text there are scribes, probably other Nazarenes there as well. Maybe they're at the synagogue on the Sabbath. Maybe it's not the Sabbath, but they're gathering for some other reason. But whatever it is, as they're gathering, a group of people come to this gathering, bringing a paralytic to our Lord. And the question is, why? What did they bring this paralytic for? What did they want? What did he want? What did they expect to have happened to him? Was it out of habit? Was it an obligation? Was it to socialize? Was it to show how good and righteous they were before God and men? Was it out of hope our Lord would perform a miracle? Well, that Matthew makes a special mention of this occasion makes us think it doesn't happen over and over. So this isn't a habit thing for this group of people on the paralytic. The text says that they came to see our Lord specifically. So they didn't come out of an obligation for the Sabbath. They didn't seem to care what the scribes thought of them, so they didn't come to socialize. And as far as looking good before God and man, looking righteous before God and man, well, this was a paralytic, paralyzed from the waist down. He can't do anything for himself. He can't feed himself, clothe himself, go to the bathroom himself, provide or protect for himself, let alone his family. He has to have it all done for him. And these people bringing him, most likely his friends and family, 
They have the humble task of caring for him in all these ways. It doesn't look glorious. So they're clearly not trying to earn a good reputation or show off their righteousness before God and other men because they know they're just not capable of it. And so it would seem that the reason why this group brought this paralytic to our Lord was for a miracle. That our Lord would answer their prayer and perform a grand miraculous healing. Perhaps those are the reasons we come to church. All those reasons listed before. For something grand. Or out of obligation or habit or for a miracle. And if we stop reading there, we would think this is why the paralytic came to our Lord. But... That's not what the text shows. The text shows that the paralytic came for a a completely different reason. And it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, that is, live courageously. My son, your sins are forgiven. They came because of their faith. You know this from the small catechism. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with His gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Faith brought them. Their faith created by the Holy Spirit in the Word brought these people. Their faith is why they brought the paralytic to our Lord. That is, what brought them to our Lord was the way that they saw who He was. To them, our Lord was not just some magical healer who just gave everybody what they wanted. To them, Jesus was their Lord, their Redeemer, their Savior. One not only who can heal, yes, He can do that, but more importantly, He can forgive. They see in Jesus the man who takes away their sins, who becomes sin for them on the cross, who offers himself up as the sacrifice for their sin and ours, the man who would die in their stead, whose blood would be shed to forgive their sins, whose body would rise three days later for their justification so they might have life eternal. That's what this paralytic sees. This is what he wants. Not just a mere temporary thing or temporary healing. He wants forgiveness. He wants something much greater. He wants eternal life in Christ. He wants to be resurrected with Christ. To be given not just a new body, but a new heart as well. So why are you here? What did you come here for this morning? And if you were to ask these questions to the paralytic and this group bringing them, their answer would not be because they came because out of habit or to socialize or to show off their own righteousness before God and man. They didn't even come for a quick fix miracle like so many did. Instead, if you asked them, why did you come? They would say to our Lord simply, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. They came for Christ and His forgiveness. 
And if our gospel ended there, and Matthew very well could have ended it there, they'd all go home, sins forgiven. The man would still be paralyzed, but he'd have from Christ the forgiveness and strength to bear that cross the rest of his days. Paralyzed, he still would have gone home satisfied because he knows what comes at the end. He came, he got, he came for forgiveness. That's what he received. He would have went home happy. And perhaps you may think, like all of us want to do, yes, I agree with the paralytic. That's why I come every Sunday for forgiveness. But our gospel doesn't end there. It goes on. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. We want to relate to the paralytic, but then Matthew tells us about the scribes. They hear the paralytic is forgiven, and in their hearts they don't rejoice. They accuse our Lord of blasphemy. They see the paralytic forgiven, and their desire is not to receive Christ's forgiveness for themselves, but to think evil in their hearts because Christ forgave somebody else. Again, from the small catechism, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. And for the scribes, since things were not the way they believed they should be, they reject everything that the Spirit wants to give them, and they decide to stand in their own reason or strength. And they refuse to come to Christ in humility like the paralytic. So we hear this, and we sit here and think the scribes are wicked and foolish, and they are, and we're amazed at how evil and stupid they seem to be, and we think of ourselves, I'm like the paralytic, I come here for forgiveness, but how easily are we distracted from knowing why we come? At the beginning of the service, the words of absolution are spoken. And maybe the pastor says it in a certain way that we don't like or a child is screaming while, so we can't hear it and our anger and focus turns to something else. We forget about the forgiveness that we came here for, the forgiveness that's being offered, and our hearts react full of anger, and, anger at something else instead of receiving what Christ is offering right before us. Or when, forgive, or when forgiveness is given by Christ in the readings and the sermon, do we listen to receive the forgiveness? Or is that a time for our minds to check out because we think as long as we're here, as long as we're in church, we don't actually need to hear or receive what Christ is saying or giving at this time so that we can come to church for a whole year, sit through a whole year's worth of sermons and be no more forgiven or knowledgeable of the faith than when the year started. Or at the words of institution. Do we come to receive the flesh and blood of the Son of God? 
Or is it routine? So routine that we just go through the motions without meditating on what and who we receive. And instead we think at the rail, yes, yes, let's eat and drink, hurry it up, let's get it over with. Just so we can get out of here. Or do we come to the divine service expecting the divine service only to take up a certain amount of time in our day? we got things to do. We're busy. So we keep looking at our watches to see how long the service will go. It's over an hour, so we keep watching and watching and watching. And when we're looking at our watch, what do we miss? Other than we're standing in the presence of Christ himself, who promises to be where two or three or more witnesses are gathered in his name. Are we so consumed with looking at our watches that we miss that we are standing at the gates of eternity before angels and archangels and all the saints of heaven. Or maybe we do think we come here for forgiveness and we try to keep ourselves from being distracted and we keep focused, but then nevertheless we see our brother is forgiven like we are as well. And yes, we want grace and forgiveness for ourselves, but when we see our brother receiving that grace and forgiveness as well, we get angry. Why would the Lord forgive someone who has committed a terrible sin that we know our neighbor committed? Why would the Lord give them grace when we righteously hold a grudge against them? And so we forget the grace and forgiveness offered to us and instead want to focus on the anger that someone else is receiving that grace and forgiveness. What are all those thoughts except to look at our Lord and say, this man is blaspheming? Whatever it is, a distraction, irritation at small things, being done maybe a wrong way, being aloof, giving other things in life a higher priority than Christ, refusing to forgive someone because of a grudge. When these things happen, they remove our focus from Christ crucified and His forgiveness, and we lose sight of why we're here. And as we lose sight, if that continues over time, we come then just for our own selfish desires, not for forgiveness. And when forgiveness is pronounced, if all we want is our own selfish desires here, then whenever forgiveness is pronounced in the service, we're doing nothing more than proclaiming with the scribes, this man is blaspheming. But that's not why you came here. That's not why you desire to come here. It can turn into that. We pray that it isn't so. That's what our collect is all about. Praying in humility. To remain focused on Christ and His forgiveness. To have His forgiveness be the reason why we come here every Sunday. Means we have to come to the service as the paralytic came to Christ. In repentance knowing we are capable of nothing good ourselves. We come in faith created in us by the Spirit and the Word that receives everything from Christ, forgiveness, life, and salvation. 
to remain focused on Christ's forgiveness is to recognize that Christ has given his authority to forgive men. Christ gave this authority publicly to all pastors to forgive by word and sacrament. He gave this authority to you privately to forgive each other. That can only happen in humility. We come here for forgiveness, which Christ has given us the authority to give each other. Which are the harder of the two things to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise? Well, because of Christ, you can say your sins are forgiven. And it's true. But for Christ, He's the only one with the authority to say, rise. That's His alone. So we forgive each other so that we can eat, so that we can with each other hear those words from Christ on the last day, rise and go home. That's why we come here for Christ's forgiveness. That's why we forgive each other, so that we can hear on the last day, rise and go home. So what did you come here for this morning? Well, it's right here at this altar. So let let us come together. Let's eat together. Let's drink together. Let's be forgiven together so that we can rise together. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
gust upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin when thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O almighty and most merciful God, of your bountiful goodness keep us, we beseech you, from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish those things that you would have done. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. 
Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. 
Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.